Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm with Brett Stefanoff, and he's with Moxley Manor. It's in Bedford, Texas, and it is a haunted attraction. Welcome, Brett. Hey, Leslie. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I am doing great. I'm very happy to have you on myself. Um, so tell me about Moxley Manor and all the things that go with it. I'm very curious about this place. It's a haunted house. We actually have three haunted houses. We're actually in the middle of building the third one, which is probably about 15,000 square feet. Wow. And we're about halfway through it right now, building it. We try to switch it up every year. We're always changing stuff around so it's different for everybody that comes through. This will be my eighth season. Three years ago, we built a big 3D clown maze. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> it's crazy. Because, you know, nobody's afraid of clowns or anything. No, Brett, what got you started into this? Have you always been attracted to this kind of thing? Did you love scary movies? What was it that made you want to get into this profession? Well, I've been a horror fan since I was before I can even probably talk, actually. When I was growing up, remember the old uh, Night Gallery TV? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that. During Christmas break, when I was in kindergarten in 1973, my mom took me to see The Exorcist. <laughs> she took you to see probably the, the scariest movie I still think I've ever seen in my life. And I was an adult. And yes, I, maybe I'm a wuss. I don't know. I don't think I am. Scared the crap out of me. She took you when you were in kindergarten. Yep. What? <laughs> How did that affect you? Uh, to tell you the truth, it really didn't affect me at all. It was just like any, because I'd been, you know, watching scary stuff all the time. A normal horror movie to me. But did that kind of give you a taste for it as a, as opposed to maybe taking you maybe to a John Wayne movie? What was, what was the attraction? Yeah, I, I was probably more attracted to it. Just the, just, just the being scared factor. And but it didn't affect me like a lot of people that had gone and seen it, you know? Well, so tell me about this Moxley Manor. It's not one of those places where it's so scary that people have to sign waivers, right? Tell me more about how you run it and what kind of haunt it is. Well, it's just your normal everyday haunted house, I guess, except for the clowns. We tried to set it up like a regular house. We had actors in every room. We got animatronics. Oh, nice. Like, okay. Just yeah, we, we're, we're very original, though, with ours. And and it's probably fun because you get to, like, stage everything and create. You know, you've got actors, and they, I'm sure they really get into it. Now, you don't aren't allowed to touch. No, we, we, don't, we don't touch anybody, but we'll get right up in your face. Well, I don't know about <laughs> this year, but... Right, yeah, because, um, well, and there, I'm sure everybody will have to wear a mask because that's required in our yeah, county. exactly. Let's move on because I'm very interested. You and I were talking before we started recording, and I... I know this about you because you're in a group called Hillbilly Horror Stories. That is part of the podcast group that you and I are both in. And I heard part of an interview you did with Jerry. I don't want you to repeat everything if you don't want, but I would love to hear about some of the things that you've experienced. Guys, Brett has experienced some really kind of crazy stuff in his house, in another house. It's kind of unexplainable, but I'm going to let him tell you what's been going on. It's kind of crazy. Go ahead, Brett. Well, like I was telling you earlier, I had an uncle that passed away back in, I think it was end of April, beginning of May. I haven't seen him since I was a little kid. I started getting woke right after that, a couple weeks after that happened, I started getting woke up in the middle of the night, about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't know what would wake me up, but I would look over and I would see this big shadow figure like standing in my closet door. 
Wow. I would rub my eyes and look and it'd, it'd be gone. Yeah, that, that would scare the crap out of me at night. I'm sorry. Uh, seeing a shadow figure. <laughs> that, that, that's probably happened three or four times since then. Now, do you think it's your uncle or do you think it could be something else? I mean, you know, since you weren't close to him, you know, that's kind of what makes me wonder. I have no idea what it what it is for sure. That, that was just, he might be trying to tell me something. When my roommate said she heard me come home and I wasn't there, that she heard me come in the house, walk down the hallway to my room, open up my bedroom door and close the door. And I was over visiting my granddaughter and I had just come home and she's like, why did you leave? a little bit ago and came home. Uh, I just got back. So she's thinking you came home and then you left without, you know, letting her know you were leaving or whatever. And you're like, I, did, I was gone the whole time. Did, did that freak her out or did she just think, oh, nothing of it? Has, does... Yeah, it freaked her out. She was taking a nap at the time and oh. it woke her up. Well, oh, Wow. Okay. Now, do you live, I know you have roommates, but do you, do you live in an old house? Do you know anything about it? No, we live in a duplex. Well, you know, people, you never know. People could have been horsing around with some Ouija boards, but no, it just kind of makes you wonder why things happen and why they're still happening to you. Because you did say that when you were living with the girlfriend, that things started happening then too, right? Like in 2013? Yep, exactly. Like I told you earlier, I'd go out in the garage in the morning before work to have my coffee and smoke my cigarettes. My girlfriend's son, he was 14 at the time, and he was probably 6'2", 250. And he would always be in the living room and fall asleep out there playing his video games. So I would be out there, and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see him big shadow walk by the door, and I just thought it was him. So I got up and I went, and he was crashed out on the couch snoring. So well, what was that that yeah. I seen? And, and, and I went back again, and everybody else in the whole house was asleep. Now, did that happen a lot or just the one time? That's actually the only time that I actually seen anything. But we had other things going on when I was there, too. My girlfriend's daughter and her were sitting in the bedroom on the bed, and they were talking about what was going on. Her daughter had seen stuff, and I told you my girlfriend had seen stuff. They were talking about it, and her daughter said, if there's something here, make yourself known right now. And then like a minute later, the security alarm fire system started going off. Oh, wow. It was probably, a, the buzzer on that thing was probably 120 dB, which is really loud. I hear that thing down the street going off. Well, the whole thing about it was we didn't have no, we weren't paying for any type of service. And it was unplugged and the battery backup was pulled out of it. And for that to go off. And you wonder, you know, you hear stories about teenage girls or boys or whatever, how they can have those PK manifestations. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Where guys attract uh, teenage girls and younger girls. Yes. And and you wonder if something like that was going on or or if nothing else, they just had abilities and they didn't know it. I don't know if you ever discovered that with them or not. Well, I think this thing was more attracted to my girlfriend, actually. It seemed to be dealing with her more. Oh, really? What was going on with her? Well, one night, it was right around Thanksgiving of that year. We were getting ready to go out somewhere shopping, Thanksgiving dinner, I think it was. She was getting ready in the room, and I just got out of the shower, and we had double French doors on the bathroom and on our, our door to our bedroom. And I was coming out of the bathroom opened up the door, and I turned around and closed the French doors, and she was walking out the bedroom door. All of a sudden, she screams at me, what did you do? Why, why did you do that to me? And I turn around, I'm like, what, what, what? And she's like, 
Why'd you scratch me? Oh, my gosh. I'm six feet away from you. What's going on? And she pulled her shirt down, and from her shoulder down to the middle of her back, she had three scratch marks down the, down her back. Oh, my good. What What did you do? I, I, I was just like, I did not do it. She kept thinking I did it, and I'm like, I was nowhere near you. Why would, why would I do it, you know? Right. And the thing is, they were gone by the time we got back from the grocery store. They were totally gone like they weren't even there. Wow. And did that happen more than once, or was that just a one-time thing? That was a one-time thing, but she would always wake up in the middle of the night waking me up. Sometimes she would be screaming. The guy was in front of the bed. What's he want? Why does he keep doing this to us? Wow. That had to be a little scary. I mean, were her kids also experiencing the scratching or anything like that, or was it just primarily her? No, her son never even, he thought we were all crazy. He never seen nothing. Uh, her daughter said that she had seen a shadow figure in her room standing in the closet a couple times. But other than that, yeah, we, we ended up having a ghost hunting team come out. They had the spirit box going. All that kept saying, we, we had a big shed in the backyard. It was like one of them barn sheds. And we'd cleaned it all up, cleaned up the whole yard and everything. We had can of plants. So them things grow in anything. You can grow them in the desert, I think. Well, we tried transplanting some of them around the shed because there was no grass or anything. Right. And we could not get, we could not get nothing to grow there. They would die. And and then when they were doing this investigation, they had the spirit box going. It kept saying dead, and then it would say shed. Oh my gosh! Even the inside of that shed, there were no spider webs, nothing, no dead bugs or anything like that. It was like totally clean inside there. Well, you know, you could also make that your attraction, Brett. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, here's a shed that I think might be haunted, so here you go. Go do an investigation. Well, the last straw with that place when we decided to move out, it was New Year's Day, and we had went to breakfast, and we'd come back, and there was about three inches of black water in the in our bathroom, our bedroom, and in the hallway. And we had never had any plumbing problems. We had a plumber come out, and they put the camera down the line to see if pipes. There was no blockages or nothing. What? So it was black, gray water. Gosh, so, well, yeah, you had to leave then because you couldn't live in those yeah, conditions. Yeah, we, had to, we had to leave. We, we went to another place. And I Wow. Come to find out, I asked our, our landlady about it and i was like uh, did you ever have any experiences she's like yeah we we had had some stuff go on when we lived there and all this and that what <laughs> thanks for telling us oh my gosh and them investigators when they investigated that they did some research on the property in the area right i guess back in the back in the early 1900s they used to do that when they used to set up them big tents for the revivals for the religious oh right Right. Mm-hmm. I guess that was all where, where we lived. That was all prairie land, and they would set them up out there. Maybe there was some kind of evil pastor. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Well, you know, Brett, you're, you're around it so much. I have to ask you this. Does anything really scare you? What would that be? That experience was probably the thing that most scared was the scratching thing. That scared me the most. Really? Yeah. Anything else? I, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty much desensitized to everything else. Being in the haunt industry for going on 25 years. Now, now, have you ever experienced or ever used like a Ouija board? Have you ever tried any of those things before? Nope. 
I've had people who have, and it never turned out well. So yeah. got to be careful with those kinds of things. I just didn't know if maybe you did your own investigation or you tried yourself, but it sounds like you just got the team. Was it a local paranormal team? Yeah, I, can't, I can't even remember the name of them right now, but actually at the haunt at Moxley Manor, we have a piece of haunted furniture in there. Oh, really? Tell me about the piece of haunted yeah, furniture. Yeah, it's an old dresser, probably 100 years old. Some stuff has happened there but I didn't witness it and the owner had these same the same group come out and investigate and they said that it was tied to that dresser is there something that the dresser I don't touch it I don't get nowhere near it well and that's what I know and that's what's so funny is because I know that even when you go antique shopping you have to kind of be careful if you believe in that kind of stuff not everybody does and I totally get that but I'm always a little wary about certain things because people attach themselves to favorite things, whether it's furniture, jewelry, a book, or whatever it is, and you just don't ever know. So maybe somebody's attached to that dresser. You've got it in a haunted attraction. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But it's certainly interesting. Yes, it is. I just, I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. Well, well, you know better probably because you've had things happen to you and you weren't even doing those things. So why invite trouble, right? <laughs> so if you had to pick something like a scary movie that still kind of gets to you at all or that are you still just so desensitized nothing really does it well my favorite horror movie is the original halloween Mm, i love that movie too i gotta say i actually got michael myers tattooed on my arm oh well there you go but you know i think what i am i think what was so good about that movie in my opinion was the fact that it was that build-up and that unknowing what was going to happen next. It was a hack-and-slashy kind of thing, but not to the point where you had to see every single little thing. There are times when you didn't see anything, and it was so dark, and you just you, it was just that build-up. Just the lighting, yes. that blue lighting at night, and the music combined with it. And the simplicity of it, to be honest with you. That whole movie on a budget of $325,000. Wow, and so that's the thing, and I was talking to the Yesteryear podcast about you know, scary movies and stuff and everything now is just so overdone and just CGI everything. But this guy just had a, he was just a crazy man and had a mask on his face and wanted to kill people. (laughs) You know, that was his thing. And that's so simple, but it was so scary because it felt to me more real than any kind of like vampire movie or werewolf movie, which I love, don't get me wrong, but it's just so, that's so scary to me. Exactly. Well, I seen I seen that when it came out in 1972 with my mom at the drive-in. You know, <laughs> your your mom. And, uh, she must have loved horror movies. <laughs> we would go to the Saturday matinee. Well, we didn't care what was playing. All the old uh, grindhouse movies. We would see all those. We would. I think she always took me because my dad never wanted to go, so she'd drag me along. You know, that's all right. And and look at you now doing this whole haunted attraction thing and and enjoying your what you're doing. I mean, I I think you love it. You have to after twenty some years. Exactly. I, I I love doing it. I love scaring people. I've made seven foot tall basketball players from the Mavericks go down to their knees. <gasps> well, listen. I want to know since I know you got to go. Tell everybody how they can find the Moxie Manor, where it's located, if they've got a Facebook page, an Instagram, whatever they have. Yeah, uh, it's in Bedford, Texas. 
probably the easiest way is just go to the website, www.moxleymanor.com, and that's got the links to the Facebook, the Instagram, all that kind of stuff to it. Right. Like all the hours and, and the phone number and all the things and exactly. all the rules now. Okay. Hey, Brett, it's been fascinating to talk to you. I have really enjoyed all your stories. This has been amazing. And I tell you, everybody, try this place out. I've heard really good things about Moxie Manor. And if it's still safe for us to do this at Halloween, of course, we'll have to do the social distancing. But, you know, hey, it's worth the shot. And we got to get our heads in some scary season stuff now. So, Brett, thanks so much for joining me tonight. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.